All right, I'd like to call the December 12th, 2022 regular meeting of the Shoreline City Council to order. Will you please join me in the flag salute? I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America, to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Thank you. Will the clerk please call the roll? Mayor Scully. Present. Deputy Mayor Robertson. Here. Councilmember Ramsdale. Present. Councilmember Mark. Here. Councilmember McConnell. Here. Councilmember Poby. Here. And Councilmember Roberts. Councilmember Roberts indicated to me he could not be present tonight. Is there a motion related to Councilmember Roberts? Sure. I, I move to excuse Councilmember Roberts for personal reasons. Second. Is there any opposition to the motion? Right. Seeing none, Councilmember Roberts is excused. Next up is approval of the agenda. Are there any comments or requests for the agenda? Right. Seeing none, the agenda is approved unanimously. And next up is a report of the city manager, Mr. Ellington. Thank you, Mayor. Good evening, Council. The Shoreline Farmers Market will hold their final market of the year with a special harvest market event on Saturday, December 17th. Visit the market from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. at the regular location on 192nd and Aurora to stock up on winter produce, listen to live music, warm up with coffee, and shop for artisan-made gifts. For more information, visit shorelinefarmersmarket.org. I'd like to ask Shoreline's residents to take some time over the holiday to join our Parks, Recreation, Open Space, and Arts Plan online open house. The PROSA plan is our six-year roadmap that guides how money will be spent and what services the city will offer, and we want to make sure the plan reflects the community's priorities. Please visit shorelinewa.gov forward slash PROSA plan through January 27th to provide your input. As colder night temperatures re-enter the forecast, I wanted to remind the community of the severe weather shelter located at St. Dunstan's Church in Shoreline. The shelter operates when temperatures are predicted to fall below 33 degrees for four hours overnight or two or more inches of snow are predicted. To hear the nightly status of the shelter, call the hotline at 206-801-2797 or visit the shelter's pagebook page. For more information about volunteering for the shelter, visit shorelinewa.gov forward slash shelter. All city facilities will be closed for the holidays on December 26th and January 2nd. Spartan Recreation Center will also have an early closure at noon on December 24th and the 31st, and Richmond Highlands Recreation Center will be closed on those dates. Facility closure information can be found on the city's website at shorelinewa.gov forward slash calendar. This is the final city council meeting before our winter break. The next meeting will be held Monday, January 9th, 2023. The planning commission meeting originally scheduled for December 15th has been canceled. The next commission meeting will be held on Monday, January 5th at 7 p.m. in the council chamber and online via Zoom. For the full agenda and information on how to participate in the hybrid meeting, visit shorelinewa.gov forward slash calendar. And finally, from all of us at City Hall, I would like to wish everyone in the city of Shoreline a happy, healthy, and safe holiday season. That concludes the manager's report. Thank you, Mr. Ellington. Next up is council reports. Are there any council reports this evening? All right, I have a couple. I participated in a meeting with the Deputy Secretary of Housing and Urban and Development, along with a, a panel of folks. And the goal was to speak about our homelessness efforts and whether we were working together or not towards getting a regional goal to it. And I was delighted to report that Shoreline is at least considering the ILA. And it was really nice to get the acclamation that we are willing to participate in that process. Um, and also hear a lot of words of hope from folks who are in the trenches working on it, both folks who have formerly been homeless to the folks running, you know, giant agencies. And then Councilmember Mork and I participated at the Hillwood Trail opening this uh, Saturday, Sunday, Saturday, um, which was delightful. That is an amazing thing. And we got a tour of every individual plant that was planted, which I found gratifying, although it was quite detailed. Yes. Um, any other council reports? Next up is public comment. It's a chance for members of the public to comment on anything on the agenda or of concern. We ask that you begin your comments um, with your name and city of residence. We only have two people sign up in advance, so it's three minutes per person. 
we're going to take the folks who've signed up in, in advance in person first, followed by the folks who have signed up in advance on uh, the phone or Zoom, and then we'll go back to the audience to see if there's anybody else who wants to join. Ms. Simulchek-Smith, will you please administer? Yes, Sigrid Strom. Good evening. Um, first of all, I want to say I, I can't make any comments on approval or not approval of the CAP plan because I don't know how this one differs from the one I read in, in October. But I have thought a lot about the, the apparent conflicts between economic and environmental sustainability. And I don't think it's irresist, irres, uh, not resolvable. I think it can be, but I think it is going to require some adjustments in how we approach both of them. So I've sent you comments uh, in writing, and I hope that it's maybe helpful in, in when you're deliberating on this issue because it's a tough issue. If we can resolve that issue, we can probably do well on both items uh, faster down the line. And I would just like to say happy holidays to you as well. Um, I won't be staying for the presentation, but thank you very much. Thank you, and we did receive your comments. Okay, so the two people that pre-registered this evening are Erica Street. However, I do not see Erica in the list of attendees. Erica, if you're here, would you please raise your hand? Okay, so I'm going to move to the second speaker, and that's Peter Vitaliano. Dr. Vitaliano, whenever you're ready. Mr. Vitaliano, you're still muted. It's, it's Dr. But I, I am Peter Vitaliano, the owner of the Richmond Beach property that the city is planning to acquire. Since last August, I've been trying to obtain an appraisal of my property. I waited four weeks for one appraiser who then decided that he was too busy and another week for an appraiser who said it was too complicated for him to do. In October, I finally found an appraiser named Paul Zemstef, whom this city respects. I paid Mr. Zemstef a $5,000 retainer to do the appraisal. On December 5th, Paul wrote to me and Nathan Dom. He said that he had fallen behind, but that he would have the appraisal done by the end of January. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Vitaliano. Is there anyone else? That's it for online, correct? Correct. All right. Is there anyone else who would like to speak? No? All right. So I'll go ahead and close the public comment period. And next up is the consent calendar. Deputy Mayor Robertson. I move approval of the consent calendar. Second. Will the clerk, the clerk please conduct the vote? Mayor Scully? Aye. Deputy Mayor Robertson? Aye. Councilmember Ramsdale? Aye. Councilmember Mark? Aye. Councilmember McConnell? Aye. Councilmember Povey? Aye. Councilmember Roberts is absent. All right. The consent calendar passes unanimously 6 to 0, bringing us to action item 8A, which is action on resolution number 504, adopting the climate action plan update. I think Mr. Reed is going to be presenting. Good evening, Mayor and Council Members. Right. So I am here to present the 2022 Climate Action Plan update for Council adoption tonight via Resolution 504. Uh, so this is an action item the motion language is provided in your staff report and uh, at the end of the presentation. As a reminder, council has set targets for reducing the community-wide greenhouse gas emissions that are driving climate change since 2013. Most recently, we utilized joint regional targets with other members of the King County Cities Climate Collaboration, or K4C. Uh, this climate action plan provides a pathway to meet updated targets that align with our commitment through the city's race to zero campaign which the city joined in 2021 and goal ne5 from our comprehensive plan these updated targets 
reflect the shoreline community's fair share of limiting global heating to the 1.5 degrees Celsius threshold identified in the Paris Climate Agreement and were affirmed in our climate emergency declaration uh, or resolution 494, which council passed this August. This climate action plan includes strategies and actions to meet three overarching goals, reducing emissions to meet our updated targets, supporting healthy ecosystems that capture carbon, filter stormwater, improve air quality, and provide habitat for wildlife. And lastly, actions to increase community preparedness for and resilience to the near-term impacts of climate change, such as more frequent extreme heat, wildfire smoke, or urban flooding events. We have been working on the Climate Action Plan update for over a year and have conducted supporting analyses, including our greenhouse gas emissions inventory and emissions forecast or wedge analysis, a carbon sequestration assessment, and extensive community engagement efforts. These included a range of opportunities to gather community input on the priorities and focus areas for the plan, as well as to develop and prioritize the strategies and actions. This process was designed to center the voices of community members who are particularly vulnerable to climate change impacts. Council discussed the draft climate action plan update on November 7th and provided feedback. Staff have made several edits to the draft based both on council and community feedback. And the main edits are listed here that we've made since that time. So um, the first was to add language acknowledging some of the evolving status of some climate related legislation at the state and federal level that was passed since we had started this project. Um, and to acknowledge a regional project, the Puget Sound uh, Regional Emissions Analysis Project, um, which was also completed after we had started. We added an action, uh, TM 2.12, to study and implement policies <coughs> banning gas-powered leaf blowers and or other off-road equipment. This was suggested by community members in our final phase of engagement, and uh, both Council and the Parks Board expressed interest in this action. Earlier this year, uh, the city of Seattle approved a plan to uh, ban gas-powered leaf, oh, yeah, ban gas-powered leaf blowers used by the city and contractors by 2025 and homeowners by 2027. We also added language to several of the key building electrification actions to clarify our intent to provide financial resources and technical assistance to both low-income and middle-income households um, to help offset some of the costs of uh, making that conversion to an electric heating system. And uh, we added language to recognize the role and contribution of building owners and businesses, many of whom are already investing in energy efficiency to comply with the State Clean Buildings Act. Building owners will continue to be a key partner for many of the actions in the CAP related to electrifying our uh, energy systems, our heating systems, uh, and continuing to make our buildings more energy efficient. And lastly, there were language edits throughout that are detailed in your staff report. Uh, and clarified various points um, based on uh, the community feedback. Uh, in terms of costs, implementation, and next steps, we have provided an initial cost analysis of 10 of the highest priority uh, actions as attachment B. This is by no means a complete list, uh, nor the only projects that we intend to move forward in the near term, uh, but is primarily intended to give council a sense of the scope of work and costs for these key actions. Staff are currently scoping several other near-term projects, and we will continue to do so over the coming months, and we'll be adding costs to this list as we develop them to inform both current work plans and a mid-biennium budget amendment request. We are also tracking grant opportunities and will apply for grants uh, as those opportunities align with uh, the projects we are prioritizing. In terms of structuring the work, the CAP includes an implementation matrix. This is uh, more of the living document portion of the CAP that we expect to continue to evolve. In the first quarter of 2023, we will review the roles and responsibilities with staff across departments 
and establish a structure to ensure that the work uh, is done and the highest priority actions are integrated into our work plans and budgets. The implementation matrix also includes some key performance indicators. After adoption, we expect to continue to refine these with staff and set up a platform for tracking our progress and reporting it uh, both internally and to the community. And with that, I have the uh, action, uh, the motion action here, and uh, we'll open it up for any questions. Thank you. This is an action item, so we usually start with a motion. Councilmember Mark. I move to adopt resolution number 504, adopting the 2022 Climate Action Plan. Second. Second. Sorry, two, two seconds. Would you like to address to your, uh, would you like, you'd like to speak to your motion? Uh, I'm very proud of the City of Shoreline for spending the time and effort to do the hard work on developing a climate action plan. I think that uh, many of us are very interested in the city doing our part to, for this existential issue for the, the world, the country, the state, the city. And I just would like to thank you, uh, Mr. Reed, for your leadership in this. Other questions or comments? No? All right, but go ahead. Councilman. I just wanted to applaud uh, the inclusion of the feedback from the community. That's, I see a lot of that in there, and that's just impressive. Just want to applaud you for that. Thank you. Councilman McConnell, do you have a comment? No, okay, your mic's on. Your mic's on to vote. Will the, will the clerk please call the vote? Sure, whoa, whoa, whoa. I have some questions. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. I was speaking to the motion. I didn't gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I really appreciate your including business, and I really appreciated your mentioning the Enviro, Enviro stars so that people can see shoreline businesses. Is there are there shoreline businesses that are listed there? I, I couldn't sort by that. Yeah, the website uh, leaves a little bit to be desired. But yeah, we have 14 uh, recognized businesses in Shoreline. So those are businesses that have not just signed up, but gone through a pretty extensive checklist that covers, um, it's really a, a holistic environmental look at their operations. Um, so it covers, you know, energy, stormwater pollution prevention, hazardous materials, um, some climate related, you know, uh, carpooling for staff, a whole bunch of different things, and it's tailored to the type of business. So, the, yeah, we have 14. A handful of those are um, apartment communities, so the property management has gone through that for, for their community. So, yeah, I really Perfect. applaud the efforts of those businesses. If, if somebody wanted to see that, is does the city have a list easily available or...? Yes, we do have a list excerpted on our on a webpage okay. uh, about Firestars. I don't have the link off the top of my okay. head. Um, there is envirostart.org. You can okay. find them, and there's actually an app as well. So I can I can share that information afterwards. Perfect. I I, I just really appreciate that. I think all of us want to support businesses that have gone through that effort um, already. And uh, one of the things, and I think you mentioned it on your 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 comment on uh, just trying to establish reporting framework. But if somebody was interested in a specific recommendation. Um, let's say, for example, they were interested in CRP 2.5, increase access to garden space. How, how do they figure that out? What do they do? What would you recommend people do? Uh, in terms of... Uh, to try to find the status and... The status. Yeah. Uh, so currently we don't have, uh, you know, a, a platform where we're tracking this in place. So that's that's one of our key things for the next quarter. We'll okay. be to set that up. Um, other cities, for instance, will have a website where you can look at what the city's doing in each of those areas. And a lot of times there will be like a dashboard or some sort of indicator that they're tracking as well. Um, so we'd be looking at setting something up. Okay. Somewhere. So hold the phone. It's coming soon. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> uh, uh, thank you very much. That, that's really helpful to know. Further questions or comments? Okay, will the clerk please conduct the vote? Deputy Mayor Robertson? Aye. Mayor Scully? Aye. Councilmember McConnell? Aye. Councilmember Poby? Aye. Councilmember Roberts? Councilmember Mark? Aye. Councilmember Ramsdale? Aye. All right, the motion passes unanimously, six to nothing. Congratulations, and that's the easy part. Now we get to implement it over the course of the next couple of years. Thank you, Mr. Reed. Thank you. 
Next up is uh, study item 9A, which is a discussion on the park bond projects. And I believe Ms. Lane will be presenting remotely. Yep, there she is, presenting remotely. You're muted. That helps. There we go. Can you hear me now? Okay. Well, good evening. Tonight, I'm here to do a um, update on our 2022 Parks Bond projects, primarily focused on budget. This um, slide provides um, the background and project history that is in detail in the staff report. So, in summary. We'll just um, remind you that voters did approve Proposition 1 in February of 22 that allocated $27.4 million to our eight priority park and amenity improvement projects. And um, that was authorized by Ordinance Number 974. Mm -hmm. The city is in the process of implementing those eight projects using the progressive design build methodology. So progressive design build methodologies are a little different from our traditional delivery and they're divided into two phases and we're actually in the early part of our first phase, which is the um, design and pre-construction phase. And the basis for this is using our conceptual designs that were developed back in 2019. And our first step in moving from those designs that did provide um, sort of the the features that would be included in the parks as well as an overall visual of what they might look like is to conduct a basis of design. So our progressive design team, build team has been working on that basis of design. And um, in this phase, they determine the project costs based upon looking at each program and the specific um, conditions of that program. As part of that, they right-size the amenities to um, better match the actual type of park that will be in place. And um, this allows us to better forecast those costs. Our focus in, the, um, in this process has been, of course, meeting our commitment to voters as well as preserving trees and avoiding critical areas and steep slopes which um, are clearly an area we want to protect for many reasons. So there were changes that were made in the basis of design that were done to protect these areas. And after conducting the basis of design, we did determine that there is a significant budget shortfall of $6.3 million. So this slide compares the original budget allocation with our current estimate. I will point out that this does already include the $3.4 million that Council allocated to the project, as well as the, um, the changes that were made in that basis of design. So the actual budget shortfall that we need to address is $6.3 million. So staff and the Progressive Design Pill team immediately upon identifying this um, started to evaluate options to address that shortfall. And while there were many options that were considered and they are detailed um, in the staff report, we looked at, at many options um, using ideas and recommendations from the PRCS tree board, as well as from staff and the project team. We applied, applying our, our principles of um, meeting our commitment to our voters, as well as protecting the um, protecting the trees and avoiding critical areas and steep slopes, we, um, we packaged the options into three for council consideration. One of these options does include reallocation of funds from our parkland acquisition um, amount that had been originally allocated. It's important to recognize that we have spent about $6.1 million of that initial $9.5 million allocation. And with that, as well as other acquisitions that have been done, we have fully met the commitment that we had made to our um, voters around parkland acquisitions. 
So that leaves $3.4 million that could be reallocated. And while we recognize that there is still significant interest in um, continuing to expand our parks as identified in our existing PROS plan and what we know will be identified in the updated PROSA plan, we also recognize that there are other funding streams to address this. We anticipate that by the end of 22, um, we will have about $5 million available in park impact fees. And then we're also anticipating some significant collections of park impact fees in the next three years um, based upon the pipeline of projects that have already been identified. This, um, the park impact fees are specifically intended to address expanding the city's parks in order to meet our growing needs. In addition to that, the city has been very successful in obtaining grant funding for park acquisitions and we would continue to do that. In addition to um, considering some reallocation of some funding, we also looked, of course, at scope reductions, considering potentially reducing a spray park or the um, field improvements at Shoreview Park, as well as potentially considering eliminating a complete park. Um, you can see that in the three options presented, we did all include, they all do include some additional gen general fund contribution, which we believe the general fund um, is able to support at this time. You'll see that staff recommending option number three, which is that reallocation of the um, park acquisition of 3.4, eliminating the field um, at Shoreview, the renovation of the field at Shoreview Park, as well as a $1.7 million um, additional general fund contribution. So for next steps, based upon council direction, the um, progressive design team will design build team will be incorporating the changes um, that counts as council directs. We would return to council in the spring of 2023 with a proposed amendment that would incorporate all of those. And of course, we'd be developing, um, updating our milestone schedule and um, continuing public engagement, which you heard earlier, um, there is already a public open house online that's that the public can start providing input upon the look and feel of these eight priority park um, projects. So with that, I um, turn it over, Mayor, to you to facilitate discussion and hopefully provide some direction to staff. Thank you, Ms. Lane. I, I have just one clarifying question before I open it up for everyone else. You've listed three options. My understanding is we have to get to 6.3 million in some combination of cuts, additional revenue, or reallocation, but we're not stuck to those three options. Is that correct? Exactly. There, there was a list provided in the staff report, and it could be, um, it, we can pick and choose from those. So those were just the, the three options that we, we put together okay. um, based upon the feedback from the PRCS tree board as well as um, staff consideration. All right, Th thank you. Questions or comments from council? Uh, Deputy Mayor. Thank you, Mayor. Um, thank you so much. I wanna thank the staff for the uh, amount of time and energy they took to really educate all of us um, on the parks the parks board members and the council members about the situation um, and sharing with us the list of options that were available to get to 6.3. Um, I will say that option three, the staff recommendation does align with what my, my feelings were at the conclusion of that discussion that we had. Um, and I've, you know, for, for several reasons, I, I do believe strongly that eliminating uh, some of the the options that were listed out in number one and number two and the other options really were not were not valid options for me because of the way that we took this um, initiative out to our voters um, and the, the different aspects of it that were really going to be neighborhood enhancements um, and really well balanced across the city. So I, I think, uh, you know, I'm sorry that we, we are in this, you know, in the position to have to make some cuts, but I think these are... Um, this, this is the right way to, to deal with an unfortunate, uncomfortable situation. I am heartened by the fact that we do have park impact fees coming in at the rate they're coming in. So that doesn't mean that we're, we're done acquiring parkland, um, but we will be able to continue to do that in the future. So um, 
I guess I'll leave it at that right now and just, you know, thank you again for your work and I hope we're able to come to a, a consensus. Thanks. Thank you. Further questions or comments? Thank Councilor McConnell. Thank you, Mayor. I too agree. I think with most of my uh, colleagues about the elimination of uh, different aspects of other parks was not an option for I don't think any of us because we we do feel that all these amenities that were uh, brought forth by the parks board etc the staff are really exciting features to to have and that of uh, uh, um, right now eliminating the improvements at Shoreview Park is not a done deal as in uh, complete elimination it will be something probably we will revisit again and um, I am very very optimistic about the uh, parking impact fees uh, not just the ones that we're projecting but the future because I do know um, that the MUR 70 uh, development uh, is really going um, pretty gung-ho quietly um, below the radar screen but it is it is happening in um, both light rail stations lots of assembling going on and uh, those will be the seven story buildings that will bring a lot more uh, revenue to our city so I'm really excited that uh, option three is something that after listening to many many voices the staff has a able to make it look so clean cut and, and clear but it it didn't start out that way in my mind so I'm very excited that uh, we're gonna manage to uh, have less uh, 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 chaos and that at the end of this year and also in next year we'll see the park impact impact fees really coming to fruition so thank you mayor thank you council member Yeah, um, thank you. First of all, I think this is no fault of anybody. It was anticipated if we look at how the economy is, so it makes sense. So I believe that we have included all uh, unforeseen uh, expenses, so we are not surprised again. So that's very necessary. What I want to clarify is if we go back and look at the recommendations that was made, Shoreview Park was $1 million. But in the recommendation, we are saving 1.2. How did we get there? I'm going to actually call. I believe that the numbers were updated. Um, so um, I'm going to ask Jeremy Woolley, who is our um, PDB project manager, Progressive Design, Design Build project manager, to answer that. Thank you, Jeremy. Of course. Um, good evening. Uh, so to, to answer your question, um, of the 1.2, uh, that did account for uh, some additional uh, design costs as well associated to, um, to the Shoreview field uh, beyond just the construction costs um, that were previously allocated as uh, part of that estimate. Thank you. Further questions or comments? Just like to add that we all participated in small group meetings broken out um, with Parks Board members. I was with Councilmember Ramsdale, um, and I, I was surprised that the Parks Board was supportive of potentially removing some some of the projects um, rather than simply asking us to backfill it with general fund. And they were all pretty much unanimous, at least in the small group we were in, that Shoreview was just not a priority. And I, that's a park near me. It's a park we use all the time, and, and I agree with what we heard. There's an existing dirt field that gets use. I mean, it's not it's not someplace you'd want to play a football game or a cricket match, but but it is not an unusable thing. And so, as we're talking about priorities, definitely in consideration of equity and also impact, that for me would be at the bottom of the list. And I think the right decision is absolutely to take that off. Um, I certainly think there's different ways to do this. Option three, to me, meets what we've heard from basically everybody. Um, it's not the only viable way to proceed, but I'm certainly hearing from from council that it's the way to proceed, and I and I agree with that and would vote for it. Um, given all of that, is this something that you would want to see on consent or consent? All right. Can, uh, can we do consent on this, Ms. Lane? Um, we just need direction. Just, so okay. we actually don't even need a motion if there okay. is consensus. 
staff can incorporate that and what you would act on would be the budget amendment that would come back to you okay. in the spring. All right, All right. thank you. So I, I certainly think you have consensus from the six of us who are here that, that, that option three is the way we'd like to see it go. Great, thank you so much. All right, thank you. And our final item is an executive session. We are now gonna recess into executive session pursuant to RCW 42.30.1101B to discuss property acquisition. The council is not expected to resume in 20 minutes. Ms. King, is that sufficient? All right, so we're gonna recess for 20 minutes. Council is not expected to take action after that. So we will, I will go back on the record at 7.55. Oh, and I, and I apologize. Councilmember McConnell has recused herself from this issue, so she will not be participating in the executive session. So we are in recess pending conclusion of the executive session.
Okay, we're on. All right, executive session has concluded and the December 12th meeting of the Shoreline City Council is now adjourned. Um, to help us continue to uh, evolve and grow with our services, there are future capabilities that will be coming online in, over the next